You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. It's The Drive on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Larry Hardesty with you until 8 o'clock. Julian and Jacob along the way. Of course, we'll get to all the football scores because that's what we'll do. We'll update you on all the scores throughout the day, what's going on. We'll recap the 1 o'clock games. We'll update you on the 4 o'clock games. Uh, the New York Giants, Saquon Barkley looked uh, pretty good. Looked pretty good. Go over 100 yards rushing. That's a good thing. So you like what you've seen from him today. But I'm going to begin, because some of you are at the game, you missed it. Go begin with a little baseball. Okay, we'll start that off. We'll get to the football in a minute. And, you know, a little later this evening, 730, Rich Samini will join us. As we speak right now, Yankees are leading the Rays by the score of 10-3 as they bat in the bottom of the eighth. I got to say, after Friday's game, I thought the Yankees uh, a little concerned. As much as I was concerned with the Mets losing to the Marlins on Friday night, so I wasn't. I was more concerned about that clearly. But nevertheless, the Yankees have responded with big wins in back-to-back days. Of course, it's still a little early, but I suspect that they will win this one. And listen, for the Yankees, it's been the beginning. Today, they started out with a three-nothing lead in the first then scored seven big runs in the second, and they've been cruising ever since. I mean, Glaber Torres, huh? Glaber Torres, three-run home run in the first inning. Stanton, a home run in the, in the second inning. Three-run home run. Judge had to sacrifice fly to make it 4-1. Stanton, a three-run bomb, makes it 7-1. Torres homers again to make it 8-1. And Cabrera homered with Donaldson on in the second. All that in the second inning. That's the seven big runs, and that's where we're looking at with the Yankees rolling right now. And don't look now with the extra point pending. Sterling Shepard has maybe even this score in Tennessee at 13 apiece. So, This is a nice comeback for the Yankees if they're able to pull this off to give them a little bit of distance. Not a whole lot, but a little bit of distance. All right, which would give them a five and a half game lead over Toronto, over Tampa. And it would also give them a six and a half game over Toronto, lead over Toronto. And we'll check the Toronto score for you. Give me a second. Last I checked, they were losing um, in Texas. So I will get that score for you in just a second. But listen, give great job by the Yankees right now. Able to score runs against a team that's following them, sending a message. Okay, that's a good thing. Sending a message. And that's what you want to do. And it's amazing how they're finding ways to hit. In this scenario, right? It's amazing. It is. So give them some credit. They're doing a nice job. As we go, um, and Texas beat Toronto by the score of 4-1. So Yankees can pick up a game on both Tampa and Toronto. That would be a good thing. And then we turn to the New York Mets. Who, once again, as I mentioned, got me a little nervous. Got me a little nervous losing again to the Marlins on a Friday night. I'm like, what is going on here? Can we just handle our business? And looks like they did. They take the series from the Marlins. Would I have liked to sweep? Yes. 
especially since Atlanta won the night that the Mets lost. But Atlanta loses last night. They are trailing 6-1 to Seattle as they as Seattle bats in the bottom of the sixth. So the Mets can pick up another game on the Atlanta Braves. And boy, I'm just telling you, this is this is really going to come down to the wire, my friends. Right now, it would be a two-game lead, a two-game, well, game and a half, actually, game and a half lead if the Mets are able to, with, with the Mets beating Miami today and, of course, going on to continue their weekend. Atlanta, uh, you know, struggling with Tampa, as you would expect. Because Tampa, I'm struggling with Tampa. As you would expect, struggling with Seattle, because Seattle's really good. Seattle's battling for that wild card out west. So they know what they have to do. So I have a couple of minutes. I'll take some quick baseball calls at 1-800-919-3776. Also hit me up on Twitter at hardest ESPN at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Mets and Yankee fans, how are you feeling after this weekend? Do you have a little bit of hope? Are you feeling like that things might be a li- looking up a little bit? looking up just a little bit because of the fact that you were a, you were able to get some runs from both teams who have really, really struggled as far as trying to score and trying to get some run support and trying to put runs on the board to have some breathing room for their pitchers. It's been crazy. Uh, listen, I'm loving what I'm seeing from Saquon Barkley today as it just they, they flash him across the screen. Eight rushes for 114 yards and the touchdown. And he's been talking about this all offseason, right? How he's supposed, he's the guy and he's going to be the guy and he's the, the man. And not that he's the man, but he's got something to prove. That people don't think that he can come back and do what he needs to do. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm impressed about, that he's been able to, to come back and, and show that he's, you know, got some play left in him. Because this is a big year. And, and I understand that it's a mixed bag with the Giants, right? That you're not really sure. You're, as a Giant fan, you're not rooting against your team, okay? But you kind of want them to be, you know, you kind of want them to be a bit better. But you also don't want them to be too good that if you're wondering what's going on with your quarterback, that you're too good to get one. That you have to start trying to move around and play around with with trades and stuff like that to try to get one in the draft. So I just think that, you know, it's a tough line for them. But listen, Dan Olofsky said this was going to be a close game, that the Giants had the chance to go down to Tennessee and win. And it looks like uh, that's the case right now. So, you know, we'll we'll check in and see what happens. Uh, While we're waiting to take your baseball calls, a couple of things on the Jets, a couple of observations. First of all, I thought for the bulk of the first half, the Jet defense played well. I thought they were physical. I thought they were quick to the ball. I thought they were in position to make plays. Uh, it was a welcome change from what I saw last season. Obviously, as the game wore on and they got on the field longer, Baltimore was able to hit them with some big plays. And that's what got them. The most alarming thing was two alarming things. Okay, the first alarming thing is... <laughs> why can't this team get a really good consistent field goal kicker? I mean, why can't they get one? And I'm not saying, listen, they lose 20, they lose, they give up 24 points. So it's not a close game, but I'm just saying 
And then man with an awful punt that leads to another seven because you give you the defense with a young secondary, a short field. I mean, it's just not, it's just not, it's just not what you expect from this team. It isn't. So I was a little, I, I was disappointed in, in that part of it. And obviously you had to be disappointed in the offense, right? Joe Flacco didn't have time. He was unable to really consistently move around to buy himself some time. The constant movement on the offensive line was an issue, clearly. And I was expecting, and they ran the ball well early. I thought they went away from the run too early for me. I also thought, and once again, I, I know the just to have something to change up. Not that I expected them to run the ball and run the ball and try to score. It's not what I'm saying. But just that you, to slow down the pass rush a little bit to try to do something to help Flacco out. I thought maybe they'll run, and since they were running the ball, what thought little play action would have been okay. I didn't see as much of that as I thought I would have. Not second-guessing, just as I thought I would have. So that was a surprise to me. And also the other surprise was, I mean, I didn't really see the tight ends. And you would think that that with as much pressure, and I get one of them you probably had to keep in to help block with the way that, the, that Baltimore was pressuring Flacco all day. But I, I just, you know, for me, I just thought that the offense would be a little more productive than what we saw. If this is the best that Joe Flacco can be, especially with the changes in the offensive line, they may have to make a consideration and just see whether Mike White is available because at least from a movement standpoint, Mike White would give you more of a chance to win. For me, and I did not think that the Jets were going to have a chance to beat Baltimore. I didn't. But you know what? They could they, they could have had a better showing. And clearly, if things break the right way, I don't know, maybe they still won. But with the offense the way it was, there was no hope that they were going to steal one, and there was no hope early that the offense was going to change. And, and I don't know. It's, it's I guess it's just me from looking at other teams and what other people do. But I just feel like, you know, change the tempo, a little hurry up, you know, a little more shotgun. I did I didn't see any I didn't see any consistent offensive adjustments that would try to help Joe Flacco out because the rush was just it's just swallowing him up. Time after time after time. It was just it, it was just it, it was overwhelming to watch. And then, you know, the mismatches of having a I'll be kind. A 300-plus-pound lineman trying to be blocked by a maybe 200-pound running back. It just it doesn't work. It does not work. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. They, they have a lot to do. They have a lot to go to the drawing board and try to figure out to get ready for next week's game against the Cleveland team that uh, gave a decent showing down in Carolina. 1-800-919-3776 is our initial edition of the drive for week one of the NFL. We're talking a little baseball. We'll mix in some football calls as well. Plus, we'll go around the NFL, get you caught up on all the 1 o'clock games, and we'll give you an update on the 4 o'clock games. We're busy. We're ESPN on 98.7. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Everybody's telling me, I'll get to the calls in a second. Everybody's telling me, oh, New Orleans is this, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans. They win by one over Atlanta? By one? 
That was one of my picks. I'm done. I'm already done. I'm, I'm upset. I don't even want to do this anymore. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. 1-800-919-3776. Taking your baseball and football calls. Um, while we were away, Tennessee with a touchdown. They now lead the Giants 2013 with just over two minutes left to go in the third quarter. August is in Midtown. August, start us off on the drive. Hey, Larry. Nice to talk to you again. Same here, August. What's up, my friend? You're, you're one of my favorites, I'll tell you. When, you. when I can talk hockey to somebody, I can talk anything to somebody. <laughs> but I, I wanted to mention about the Jets today. You know, it's mm-hmm. very easy to be a, um, you know, critical of the coach or whatnot. But I don't know. How did you feel in the fourth quarter? You know, when the game is out, maybe bringing Mike White? I don't know. I got to tell you, we August. We know what Michael can do. He's a good player. Yeah, I got to tell you, August, I, I I know it's week one, and I get it, but I was ready to see Mike White earlier in this game because Flacco uh-huh. just could not move at all, August. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. He just couldn't move. And so I needed somebody in there that would give you some kind of movement to buy some time because of the issues with the offensive line. And guess what? The issues with the offensive line are not going to improve next week. And you got Miles Garrett, who is a big-time pass rusher, that you're going to face against Cleveland. And and I just think that, you know, Mike White might give you a better opportunity, a better chance to win. Now, I don't know. Wasn't it practice? Don't know how Mike White has looked. Don't know how Joe Flacco has looked. Obviously, you went with the backup. He's the number two guy on your chart in Joe Flacco. So that's where you went. I understand it. I got it. But uh, I just have to tell you, I'm at, at some point, I thought – that Mike White was going to be would be considered to be brought in. Now I get it. If you go to Mike White and you pull him out and he struggles, you can't go back to Joe Flacco. I get. I know all the other stuff. I get it. I understand it. And it's just one game. I know. I know. I know. I know. But I got to tell you, I was. I. I. I thought for a moment, as bad as that offense looked, that some consideration might be to get to Mike White. I just did. Ira's in Staten Island. What's up, Ira? Hey, Larry. How are you? What's doing? I'm yeah, you know, great, uh, for a second, all good, all good. You know, for a second, I, I the, the thought ran through my head, but listen, I've been all on Flacco. I've watched him over camp. I thought he looked good in camp. I think today's problem, well, of course, the offensive line is a major problem. Um, I just felt that maybe LaFleur could have done a little better job. Um, maybe dialing things up for Joe maybe would have made it easier. Like you said, I think he got way too early away from the run game. I mean, if you're going to have Flacco throwing 50-plus passes, it's not going to be pretty. You know what I mean? Nope, nope. I thought the defense put up a nice fight early. But you know what, you know what gets me? And we talk about it all summer, man. There were no adjustments in the second half. Yeah. Yep. Offensively or defensively. And mm-hmm. listen, I know players have to play and coaches have to coach. I get all of that. But, the, you know, Sala and Urbrecht came up with a really nice plan. They shut down Baltimore, especially Jackson, running the ball. Mm-hmm. So what happens in the second half? They start flinging the ball a couple of times. And I can't believe, like, they gave up these three long touchdown passes. It's hard to believe that it's like I'm watching the same thing that I watched last year. You're right, and and the disturbing thing was that – and listen, you give Baltimore's offensive line credit, right, Aubrey? You give them credit. Yep. But I thought I was going to see more of a pass rush from this front. I did. 
on on a couple of occasions. I didn't see a lot of blitzing, and obviously, I get it. It's 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 Lamar Jackson, and when you blitz, you you know you have trouble. You you're taking a shot, but I I just thought that there had to be something to try to disrupt them because they got into a groove offensively in that second half. And once again, the short well, you know field what? doesn't help your defense with man with the what ten yard punt. It seems like that doesn't help well, you. The- no, I mean that. That was to me. That was the you know the change the game. Not that the Jets were ever going to really win this game. I never had that feeling, but it was still a one score game. And then the punt made it seventeen three, and then it just went off. But the thing that really got my goat today, and watching Morgan Moses perform for the Ravens on their offensive line, and the Jets had him. He was a free agent. You knew what Beckton's situation was. You knew he was coming back from from an injury. You knew the whole deal. Okay. Why did they not have an experienced veteran like Moses or go out and got somebody before camp started then have this situation that they arose today and you saw what happened? And it's not going to get any pretty because Fant looked like he was playing hurt. So God forbid he goes down. What are the Jets going to do at this stage of the game? You're right, Ira. You're right. Thanks for the phone call. It's, It's all, and we talk about it a lot, right? We talk about, having to make adjustments. We talk about making sure that from a depth standpoint, you have as And look, you can't stack every position. You get that. You've got to have some guys on your offensive line that can play multiple positions because you just don't have the space on your roster to carry a bunch of reserve offensive linemen. You just don't. But I was right. You knew coming in, Makai Becton has a history of injuries. So the fact that you even were caught in the position where you had to find Brown at the last minute was not a good thing. It just wasn't. You had you should have prepared for the idea. And listen, it's, it's easy to second guess, okay, for us sitting here and say, boy, I mean, really? You don't have another offensive lineman? Really? You know, they thought they were ready. And so it's a mistake. And this hurt them because the depth from this offensive line standpoint is not great. And now you've got – a rookie, you know, on your right side, and I'm just saying it's 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 going to compromise your offense because you've got to keep a tight end in to help block. You're gonna to have to, and that that gives you one less receiver out in one less receiver out in your patterns. And from the adjustments, I hear what you're saying. All right, it just seemed like Flacco's looking down the field. You don't have time to go 10, 15 yards down the field. You have to do short passes, dump it off, give running back in the slot. Boom, go out there, here, go, get it, you know. And they were successful on some of those plays. But you needed to see more. You just didn't You just didn't see it. You just didn't see it. Nick's in Binghamton. Hey, Nick, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. You got it, Nick. I'm um, okay. Always good to hear you. And, and, um, you know, so many people, the previous caller and IRS, always, no adjustments. I mean, jeez. So, so what I'm thinking is, Maybe I'm not an expert. Maybe Mike White would be a little better because he's more mobile than Flacco. I don't know. And um, the the O line. I mean, it just makes more sense to me. I don't know to have to try Mike. Uh, Even if he loses two in a row, I'd I'd just rather see him. I don't know. know. And uh, but one other thing. Um, you you mentioned a kicker. We had one Myers, and we let him go after one year. Man, he won. I remember one game, I forgot who it was, though, but I think he, he kicked like four or five times and won us the game. I can't remember who that was. You probably wouldn't remember. But, yeah, uh, I, I can't think yeah. of it now, but I know what you're talking about. 
Yeah, yeah and Myers. He, uh, and he loved, He wanted to be a Jet. He did. <laughs> if you can believe that. <laughs> they lost him, and they also lost that same year, Nick, and thanks for the phone call. They not only lost the kicker, but they lost the returner, who was like made the AFC as a pro bowler. They lost both. And this special teams, you know, we talk about it. We, we don't always talk a lot about special teams, but it's, it's you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big thing. And if you don't think so, you, you know, the, if you saw the Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game today, they went into overtime. I mean, and how do you prepare for that? Cincinnati lost their long snapper. Cost them the game. Cost them the game. So special teams is a, is, is a part of it. It's a, it's a part. It's, a, it's an important part. It's not a major part. But it's an important part of, of what you do. And when we talk about adjustments, it's like, I mean, you know, from Lafleur's standpoint, I'm like, can, can we quicken the tempo up? Can we, can we go a little faster uh, at some point in time just to keep that, just to try to keep that rush off, off balance a little bit? I just, I just didn't see anything that, uh, you know, that was able to help Flacco out. Just didn't see it. 1-800-919-3776. Yankees finish off the race by the score of 10-3. So they now pick up a game on both Tampa and Toronto. Mets win earlier. They pick up a game on Atlanta. Whew. Giants holding on. They are trailing Tennessee 2013, and the Jets lose. We'll give you a complete scoreboard at the top of the hour on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Getting to your calls at 1-800-919-3776. Also be a Twitter at Hardest the ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Uh, let's talk to Mike and Harrison. Mike, you're next on 98.7. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Mike. What's uh, up? Good. I'm a diehard Jack fan, but I, I know it's only one week and all, but I, it just looks like it's going to be the same old crap with this team. And my point of the matter is I, I just think right now that these coaches are not the answer to a team. I mean, it's even in preseason, I know preseason is just that, but the defense, they're like guys wide open, they don't do this. And offensively, this, this LaFleur, where did he come from? Was he like a janitor or something? I mean, his play calling is horrendous. And like you said before, at least pick up the tempo, do things, through quick outs to the running backs. He, he does the same thing. You know Flacco can't move around to save his life, and we know he's older. That's understandable. But, I mean, it's it's just sickening. And, and special teams, punts 10 yards, field goal kickers we haven't had since Pat Leahy. I mean, it's it's just – I mean, it's. I know it's only one game, and I'm sure people listening are going to say, oh, this guy's crazy. But you can just see it. I mean, there was no point in the, in the game today that I'm sure anybody felt they had a chance to win. That offense – and I know Baltimore's got a good defense, but that one was pathetic. I mean, Garrett Wilson – where was he? And then second of all, you're throwing passes to Lawrence Cager. Nothing against him when these two guys supposedly had a great preseason. You kept reading about this. I'm just lost. I just think this this coaching staff is not the right people to put us in a position to win. And I'm hoping maybe next year after this disaster, which it's going to be, maybe they could somehow come up with like a Sean Payton, a proven coach, not a, a guy who was a coordinator, and, and that's where we're at. How do you feel about that? I hear you, Mike. And, and thanks for the phone call. And I'm going to tell you, I will assume just from what I've seen on Twitter and the calls we've taken so far and the calls I heard earlier with Dan and Greg is uh, that there's a lot of people who feel the same way you do. And there's a couple of things that, 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 that hit you. Okay. Um, the first thing that hits you is 
yeah, as I mentioned before, the special teams thing is an issue. It, it just continues to be. And when you're when you're when you're a team that that struggles to score in a situation where you are playing a really good team, all right, you you can't afford to give plays away. Nobody plays the perfect game. We get it. You're going to have breakdowns. Mike, I just got to tell you, you're going to have breakdowns. It's a young secondary. Okay. You're going to have breakdowns there. Um, There's a couple of miscommunications there. Yeah. It cost them. It cost them big time. Your questions offensively are for real. All right. You see a kid like Garrett Wilson, you like him. You see him come in, makes a couple of plays. Apparently from, from what we heard on the broadcast, uh, they were saying that they've got a package of plays for him right now because he's not really caught up with the offense. That's the inference. So he's not comfortable with a lot of the things that they've put in. Okay, I understand that. It's a rookie. And you, it's, a, it's, a, it's a playbook that's probably five times the size he had. Oh, it's a terrible play. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just watching the Giants game. The Giants, they kick the ball off. Tennessee fumbles it. They get it deep in Tennessee's territory. And then uh, Daniel Jones just throws a pick trying to get a touchdown in the end zone so Tennessee will get the ball back, uh, leading seven with uh, 8.50 left. So that's the, the, that's the issue that, that you have here is, you know, listen, offensively, you're trying to score points. And it just seemed as though that he was – when he didn't – listen, Flacco tried to run. He ran on a couple of occasions. But he's just looking to throw the ball, you know, too deep. Or – because I'm, I'm only seeing what the camera sees. I'm not there. Uh, guys didn't get open. Guys didn't get separation. You know, that's the other issue. Maybe guys weren't open, and that's why he had to do what he did. I don't know. But the video will tell them, and when they go back and look at the video, at halftime, the video should have told them that we need to shorten the routes because the pass rush is going crazy, and we he doesn't have time to throw. That's, like, simple to me. Okay, it's a little tough. Will we go with White? Are we going with Flacco? What are we going to do? Are we going to keep one? You know, that's a different That's a different conversation. I understand, you know, that's whether White was ready. I don't know if he took any snaps. I don't know. I don't know all that stuff. All right, maybe Samini will be able to answer that when he joins us at 730. But it just seemed to me that just little things, changing the tempo of what I've seen other teams do, it just seemed like maybe that would have helped. I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't have helped. But clearly, sticking with things the way they were did not. And yeah, you had to drop. You had Michael Carter with a drop going into that would have been a seven, would have been seven. But the game was decided by then. All right. So these are things. Yes, it's week one. Yes, a lot of Jet fans didn't expect to beat Baltimore. But even, but even the thing is, for this year, for this team to show some improvement, you want to be in every game. And what, like I said earlier in the week, is. When it's the fourth quarter against a team that's better than you, and Baltimore is better, they're further ahead. They're a better team. They're a better quarterback. They've got deeper players. They're better. Okay, they're a better team. You want to be in. You want to be in the game in the fourth quarter. Okay, like like this Giants game today. All right, a lot of people didn't expect the Giants to beat Tennessee. They expected Derrick Henry to run wild, and the Gi- and the Giants. All right. They just threw a touchdown. They were they had a chance to tie this game in the fourth quarter. That's what, as a Jet fan, that's what you want your team to be in situations like that, where you are right there in the fourth quarter, where you've got a chance to win the game. And you got and Dayball just went right over to Daniel Jones. He is, I'm looking at the replay, and he's just really talking to him like, "What are you doing? What's going on?" 
You can't do that. So, um, you know, this is this is what you going back to my point about the Jets. This is what you wanted today. You didn't think you were going to beat Baltimore, but I got to tell you, earlier in the game, defensively, you had to be encouraged by what you saw. But offensively, you never got a sense that this team was going to break out and put points on the board. And and I once again, yes, it's only one game, but for everybody that was dying to see Joe Flacco, remember, this is not the Joe Flacco that won for Baltimore. This is a little different guy. And the big issue with him is the fact that he couldn't move. And the rush was just came from everywhere. Came from everywhere. And the Jets had no answers for it. They had no answers. They just couldn't do it. They were overwhelmed. Guys were being beat. Then you got guys trying to help other guys. And now you're being beat. And now you got, you know, you got running backs trying to pick up the blitz. And you got it's you got you got the tight end in. And it was a mess. It was a mess. It's a lot for Robert Salah to clean up. For LaFleur. And for Jeff Oberg. They got to get those. Uh, once again, it's one game. But you got to get those communication issues solved in the secondary. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.